God is all there is. How do you apply spiritual principle in the real world? What are your daily spiritual practices? These are the kinds of questions we'll talk about in this show. Your hosts, Leslie and Tracy, will share their experiences, but also want to learn from your insights, your questions, and your suggestions. So, don't just listen in. Call us with your comments. Hi, and welcome to Say Yes to Spirit. I'm so glad you joined us today. If you are joining us for the very first time, there are a few things you should know about the show, Say Yes to Spirit. We started doing the show in 2010, and it came from um, actually a relatively casual conversation about um, expressing commitment to spiritual principles and spiritual practice in a way that was regular and consistent and encouraging ourselves and others to do the same. And as Leslie and I sat over a cup of coffee or breakfast or whatever we were eating that day, it just seemed like a good thing to do, to do an Internet radio show. And uh, the topic was, yes, this idea of what is our life like? What are our lives like? What, what do we become? Who do we become when we say yes to spirit? And it's a great story because we basically decided on a Friday that we would do this show, and we had our first show on Monday you know, like hours later. (laughs) Uh, And so since then, we have come together and on a very regular basis simply had a conversation about what does it mean to say yes to spirit, what are some of the challenges with saying yes to spirit, and what are some of the ways that saying yes to spirit blesses us in our lives. And we hope that if this is your first time listening in to Say Yes to Spirit, that you are encouraged to either listen on a regular basis or go into the archives because now there's three and a half years worth of recordings (laughs) that will give you an opportunity not just to hear what we have to say about saying yes to spirit, but to think about from your perspective. What does it mean to say yes to spirit, and how can you use that in your own life? And every week we pick a theme, and so this week our theme is commitment. Now, what's really interesting about us picking a theme is that um, we never know where the conversation is going to go, ever. But if we don't have a theme... We'd really be all over the place, and so it at least gives us a place to pretend. Right, that's all it is. That's all it is. It gives us a place to at least pretend Mm. that we have a focus because the truth is that spirit is in everything. So we could talk about the file cabinet. Mm -hmm. Right. We could talk about the rock we picked up, we could talk about anything and ask the question, what does it mean to say yes to spirit? But this week we're going to talk about commitment and uh, what is commitment? Do you fear our welcome commitment in different parts of your life? Is commitment a burden? Is it a joy? What are we committed to? What are you committed to? We'll explore all of that. But before we do that... Uh We always try to connect the dots with our most recent show, and our most recent live show was about inspiration. And so um, we do this because... Leslie is obsessed. Yeah. I wouldn't have said it quite that way, but you can say it that way. Once it happens two or three times, it becomes a ritual. No, once it happens once. (laughs) Once it happens once and she likes it... I enjoy it. Yeah, there you go. Then it's like, well, that's that's what we do every week, isn't it? That becomes. Then she becomes committed to it. And then I want a theme song. (laughs) Well, we did say, we did connect the dots for probably a year. I was going to say nine months before we had a theme song for it. Um, But, okay, all of that just to give you time to think about Mm -hmm. what is the 
connection between inspiration commitment. You know the difference between inspiration and intuition. Last week a little about that is I think a commitment sometimes should just talk about this. It's like well, there's like a little like commitment and then there's been commitment and there's a spiritual by humanness. Sort of a like God's commitment to me. That that brings inspiration or it becomes my intuition. She's laughing at me. See this is a, this is a bad trend when you get, you shouldn't laugh until I'm through. But um the idea that, that there's some um intuitive piece to commitment. Like I know I'm intuitively drawn to someone and that there's sort of a do I commit to that following that intuition? Do I commit to, you know, participating in that inspiration or do I notice it and let it go? I mean I think there's commitment to everything. You know, you commit I commit every day I'm we're in twelve step programs, people were talking about, you know, every day I have to wake up and commit to today to giving it to God. You know, and commit that kind of make that uh, sort of physical moment where I'm sitting on my deck or I'm sitting on a chair or sitting on a pillow on the you know make that sort of proclamation that I'm committing today to the, to God and to following that intuition or following that that inspiration. Okay, that's it. Stop looking at me. <laughs> we need a camera, really. That is the longest encouraging. That Look. is the longest connected I've ever. Is it? Was it? Was it? Was it? Was it? And it's a lot of words. I have no judgment about whether it was, it was a, a good one, one or, or a bad one, but a it was the words. longest yeah. one ever. Yeah. Yeah. Needed to hear myself talk. Okay. So I'm committed to going <laughs> to a break. <laughs> we'll take a one-minute break, grab something to drink, relax, uh, and get settled in for the remainder of the hour, talking about commitment on Say Yes to Spirit. You're listening to Say Yes to Spirit with Tracy and Leslie. Thanks so much for joining us today. Our theme is commitment, commitment. And, of course, ultimately we'll get to what does it mean, what does commitment have to do with saying yes to spirit. But let's just start out for the first few minutes talking about what commitment means to us and to each of us, to both of us, and whether we like it or not. I have I made up a story that mm. we were going to talk about commitment, and Leslie was going to say, mm. I hate commitment. Mm. I, it's like, oh, oh, you have to work so hard at it. It means, like, you mm. know, obligation. And mm. <laughs> Wow. I feel like I should do that. I should say that just to, you know, or not. Maybe I mean, that would be my rebellious sign. <laughs> well, no, you should just like. You no, know, I don't think yeah. much about I guess why is that? I don't. I, when we when we say the word commitment, I think of marriage commitment. Mm-hmm. I think of men saying, "Oh no, I'm scared of being married." That stereotype, right? I guess I don't. I don't have a personal. It's not a button. You don't have uh, a commitment button. What's wrong with me? I don't have a commitment. I think I commit too much, too quickly. I'm all in. I dive in, and then once I'm in, I'm like, "What was I thinking? How did this happen? Why did I do that?" Who was that person that was so committed that they did all these things that go against their natural flow? I give, you know, that classic Al-Anon, codependent, desperate kind of, was that too much? But, yeah, probably overly commit too quickly. Don't look at the red signs along the way saying, danger, danger. 
Turn back. Turn back. Oh, no, I'm committed. Oh, no, I'm doing it. I will make this work. I'm doing it. I can change everything else. And, you know, I do think when we were talking at the beginning, thinking about, I'm thinking about God's commitment to me, Spirit's commitment to me, Spirit's divine design to be so intricately involved in my life to continuously be kind of moving the molten lava of life, you know? It's like I have that vision lately of this, like, it's like this molten lava that is the human experience and divine is like putting trees and rocks and different things to guide it into this perfection that is all the divine design. And, you know, there's a huge commitment that the divine shows towards me. And in a strange way, I only have to show divine the smallest of little commitment, the smallest little window of my time to get all of divine's commitment back to me. And I'm, I'm fascinated. I have a couple of people that I know that are just um, exploring their spirituality. One had a really negative experience in the, um, a certain religious faith growing up, and the other really had no experience. And so they're both, one has um, developed a relationship with a group, the group, the AA group being her higher power and her falling back into them is her her relationship with God is through this this group energy and the other one has a rock. <laughs> she found the rock and she has the rock on the shelf and she's, you know, connecting to the rock every day and, you know, deciding what attributes, you know, her higher power, you know, truly has. And it's fascinating to watch just in three or four weeks of their little tiny commitment to the idea of spirit, how they have just hundreds of, you know, examples of serendipity and coincidences and things they're noticing and things they never saw before. And it's like once you kind of shift just ever so slightly, it's like, wow. And it's always there. It's just my perspective and my vision. I like it. It's better than laughing at me. I think that's, yeah, there you go. Mm-hmm. But you're so easy. So <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that's how it works. Well, uh, when you're not being easy to laugh yes. at, you're actually planting the laugh. Ah. I mean, Working you know, there are that. those of us who know that you actually mm. do stand-up comedy mm. and your timing is impeccable and you mm. sometimes say things just because you know it will make someone laugh. That's it. The energy of life. Commit to the laugh. Commit to the laugh. <laughs> there was a... I do some work at the Dallas County Jail and a few months ago they had a young a, a male inmate that... Uh, had access to taking out the trash or something and worked his way up into trustee status and he left, he ran and um, they found him a few blocks away and he'd taken his shirt off but he still had his um, striped pants on and I I said he wasn't really fully committed to the run or he would have just taken everything off and ended up like, you know, in the psych ward or something but they wouldn't have really known he was in prison he had that those pants on so you know, we have to fully commit to what we're doing Half commitment, never, 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 never. Yeah, it's not. There is no percentage of commitment. I, I think. I think you, you're committed or you're not. And so, what happens? Oh, a great example, actually, for me, my life, my adult life, especially, I have really been committed through the majority of my adult life to health and fitness and. Um, roller skating. Well, yeah, love I, that. I loved a roller love skate. That. It was all about finding something physical that I really mm. loved to do, mm. because there were a lot of things that physically I wasn't able to do because of different things. You know, I had lung damage when I was a child, so running really, beside being hard on my joints, I didn't have the ability mm. with my lungs to like run. Mm. So. Um, so it was all about when I was younger finding things that I loved to do so I would do them for, you know, my entire life, mm-hmm. walking and roller skating. It was all about eating in a way that made me feel good. Mm. So I've been a vegetarian off and on for 17, 18 years of my adult life at different times, you know, three years here, five years there. 
But it was always because the bottom line commitment was being intentional mm. about my healthy body, having a body that was as healthy as it could be. And yesterday, I actually went to, I actually was able to see a film that's been out for a long time, but I hadn't seen it, uh, that was called The Cure Is. Mm. And it's about how, you know, not so much mind over body, but mind creating your physical experience in your body or contributing to it in significant ways. And it had the obligatory, you know, examples of people who had terminal diagnoses and overcame them through their mental focus and their mental positive thinking and all of that. Like cancer, yeah, something like that. And and it also had little um, comments from scientists as and spiritual people and all kinds of people about how that works. Mm -hmm. So in this context of commitment, in my mind I say, I'm committed to having the healthiest body I can. And I've demonstrated that commitment most of my adult life. Well, when I'm watching the film, I was like, you know what? I'm not committed to that anymore. I thought about what was in what food was in my kitchen and in my refrigerator. <laughs> I thought about when was the last time I went actually went roller skating. Mm. What other exercise have I done? And mm. everything I thought in my mind, it's like, oh, you know, last night you ate a whole bag of corn chips and and drank lemonade, which you know is. Sugar, not just. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, and I haven't been roller skating in two weeks. And if I really committed, mm-hmm. I would be eating the way I know is good for my body. Right. I would, you know, I would be. Your behavior it. would be backing up this. Yeah, and so even in my mind, it's like, oh yeah, that's a habit to say I'm committed, mm-hmm. but I'm not. I'm not committed because I'm not behaving. So for me, commitment is like faith. It's not what you think. You demonstrate your faith by what you do. You demonstrate your commitment by what you do. So you can have a belief, but your behavior is what is actually faith or commitment. So, of course, I left and went to, it was was late. I left the, the film, and I got in my car, and I started to drive home, and it was like, Went to Jack in the Box? Oh, no. No. I went to the grocery store, mm. and I bought lettuce and tomatoes <laughs> and potatoes and onions and cucumbers and, you know, it's like, oh. You recommitted to your behavior. Yeah, right. It's right. Like, and it, exactly. It's like, oh, I hadn't even noticed. Mm-hmm. I hadn't even noticed, really, on a right. conscious level. That I was not the I was not committed, right? And but if someone had asked me, I would have said, "Oh yeah, I believe in I believe in mm-hmm. healthy body. I believe in fitness. I believe what we eat impacts how we feel and how we look." So, and and like what is that faith with that works is dead? Yes, yes, yes. So that that yeah, it's not faith behavior. Yeah, it's not faith. It's it's talk. But if you're not doing it, you you don't really believe it, or you're not demonstrating it. So it's just an abstract concept. So I think you know I hadn't thought about it till this moment, but I think that's what happens. And you you said that when you you know think of commitment or say the word commitment, the first thing that comes to mind is the whole idea in our society we have about commitment in marriage and commitment to one person. And I think that's what happened to me and what I noticed in terms of my perception about health and fitness is what happens in a lot of marriages or long-term relationships because you have the idea, and maybe for a lot of years or the first few years of the marriage, you were consciously how do I show my commitment? How do I demonstrate it? What do I want to do? How do I want to live my life that proves I'm committed? And then after a certain amount of time, you're on automatic so much. 
that some things you still do kind of automatically, but a lot of things that would demonstrate your commitment you don't do anymore, and you don't even notice you're not doing them. Like some of the little things you don't even notice. And then your partner or spouse says, I want a divorce. You don't bring me flowers anymore. Right, and you're like, what? What, what? But I love you. What? What's the deal? And you realize in that moment, oh, I guess I was committed to the idea of marriage, but my behavior wasn't saying I was really feeling committed to the relationship with that person always being positive, always growing. And um, and in that case, the reality is you stopped being committed, I think. But you didn't notice that you were not committed. Because you didn't do the little things anymore? Yeah, and I think sometimes there's big things. I mean, if I think about my own example, eating properly is a big thing, you know, and... and um, it's a it's a huge thing, you know, and we get older every year if we don't die. And there's so much in the general mindset of the world and in the statistics about as you get older, your body falls apart and, you know, you're going to have aches and pains and you're going to, you know, gain weight or lose weight or whatever all the stories are. Well, if I'm not intentionally acting on and consciously acting on my commitment to have the healthiest body I can, then I'm going to fall into the law of averages. I'm going to fall into race consciousness. I'm going to fall into just what common knowledge is. And then, you know, then I'll be the one who's shocked when I get a diagnosis of a serious disease or, you know, have a, a serious medical problem, and I'll be like, but I'm the one who's always been healthy. Well, no, Tracy, you haven't the last year or two. You haven't been eating healthy. You haven't been exercising enough. You know, and if this was six or seven or eight or ten years from now, mm-hmm. my answer my in my mind would probably be, but I've always been so healthy. So I, there's a difference for me being, in being attached to a concept and being committed to the behavior that demonstrates that concept. And, you know, I think I've thought about that in terms of, um, you know, saying something like saying I'm a spiritual person. Yes. And then how does that play out in terms of my behavior throughout the week? And, you know, that's a classic (laughs) thing of, you know, what would love do in terms of really kind of asking at every turn if I'm saying I'm committed to being a spiritual person, then what would I do? And then taking that action, and I can recall many instances where I kind of begrudgingly ask, you know, well, I ask myself that question because I'm in the routine of it, and then I'm begrudgingly going, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to do that. Right. I don't want to do the, the answer is, thing. you know, that, and obviously the answer is that, but that's going to take more energy. That's going to take, you know, and I, and and so then it's funny because it is a clear choice. Yes. And so the good news is I have a clear choice. The bad news is I have a clear choice. You know, once you get to that point of knowing what we know, it, you know, the choice becomes bigger. And and it is um you know, how do how do we feel after we work out? You know, the working out might not be so fun, but the feeling after is the thing. And so do we have the, the you know, spiritual maturity emotional maturity to do the thing that maybe is some what work, right? That horrible four letter word. But being able to, you know, understand the payoff. And if I'm committed to a person or, you know, a, a, an activity or a way of life, as I do the things that move me closer to that, I'm going to get you know, like the little girl with the rock. You know, she's just literally spending maybe five minutes a day with the little rock. But, you know, that little tiny bit of effort is really just compounding good coming back to her. So I do think that the divine design is set up so it doesn't take a whole lot 
to activate much, much more back to me. Well, I agree with that because I believe the um, the attention we pay is really for us to be able to notice that we're, you know, we're not really activating something that isn't happening anyway. All it's the time, just that yeah. we don't notice it because right. we're walking right. around, you know, right. oblivious. Right. And so right. when we notice it, right. we notice what God is doing in our lives. We notice how spirit is operating in the world. And, yeah, we notice it and go, wow, you know, like all that's happening for me or through me or it's happening as me. It's my experience. And it doesn't take a lot to shift into that, but we have to shift into it. But if we're not paying attention to it, it's not that it's not happening. Right. Right? Because the... What we what we absolutely know is that when we say yes to spirit, it's not like a, an exchange. You know, it's not like, okay, God, I'll say yes to you, now you give me this. Right? You're not activating some yes. Right. So it's I'm saying yes to, wow, I'm saying yes to what is already here and available for me. Right. And now I'm in, I am choosing to notice it, to see accept it, to be grateful for it, to share it. Yep, and to, noticing it. I love that you say noticing it. A couple of weeks ago I started this new kind of thing. Of, I remember I used to, um, years ago when I started going to al I created a what I called a book of pearls, and I would write down all the things that I heard that people say in the al meetings that I thought were really so powerful. And I would read them and I would notice how what they would say that it would sort of help me see everything differently. Like the clouds were different. Everything was different around me as I started sort of in my mind reframing my language to these languages of the Book of Pearls. And I was talking about creating consequence journals. Consequence, that's so not the right word. Coincidence would be the right word, yes. <laughs> the other well, that's C an, word. That's an interesting no, idea. Don't focus on the consequences. No, 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 no. Focus on the coincidences. But creating a coincidence journal and looking for how life lines up when we're motivated or being more in spirit and um, and looking at, you know, the coincidence could be somebody coming into the pod, speaking of people at the jail, that, you know, has the same name of my mother who died 20 years ago who I had the best feeling for, and now here comes a woman in the pod named Sarah, and my mother's name was Sarah. So, you know, it, it can it can be kind of a, you have to really kind of be on the hunt. We talked about really looking at all the different things and looking for that thread of good, that thread of reassurance, that thread of, um, love that can come in strangers and in all sorts of different ways and understanding that um, if I notice that and I acknowledge that, it's it manifests more. I forget if it was trust that program or someone, but someone, someone once said something like, you have to acknowledge and say thank you for the gift to open up the 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 flow for more gift. So you have to acknowledge and receive and then you can open to have more acknowledged and received. Right. Why give? You, why provide more when you aren't grateful for what you already have? Um, so, do I have your permission to use this, this concept of a coincidence journal in my I next? Love it. The next time I teach the spiritual practices trademark it. We should do that. Absolutely. It's an, I mean, it, it is funny because I've I've seen women in the jail. You do it and. If you can't imagine a more limited space to notice coincidences, you know there's not that much opportunity in a you know 200 foot by 100 foot room, but they they notice it, you know they notice it. That someone brought water. Well, that makes sense. I mean, you could be thinking for some about something or affirming something, and the person two beds away doesn't know that, Mm -hmm. and for them to turn to you and say, you know, I really notice that, you know, you are smiling more, Mm -hmm. and it's, you know, so great, and they don't know that for two days you've been affirming that 
you know, I'm happy and I enjoy wherever I am. You know, it's like that's a complete coincidence, even though it's in a small space. And it's just, yeah, spirit going, keep that up. Keep, keep that up. That keep process. doing that. Keep, keep keep affirming what you're affirming. It's working. Right. And what's so interesting is when you get going, when I get going in that and I get such strong affirmations and the, and the universe seems to be saying that is exactly right. It's like sometimes that can be kind of overwhelming. Like, wow, did that really just happen? Was that really just affirmed to that extreme? And that becomes like, you know, when you, I can only imagine like when I think about surfers, you know, there's just a certain amount of something that happens when they're on that tiny little board and that 200-foot wave, mm-hmm. there's something that has got to be a, just a complete releasing into that wave. And then it's like, am I really doing this? Is this really happening? And it's like, wow, this is really happening. But it's not me doing it. I'm just on the board. I'm not doing anything other than just standing here. And it's like I'm a part of this huge thing, and it's taking me, and it's enveloping me, and it's like, wow, it's all good. I've been watching a surfer movie. That surfer movie with the girl that got her little arm. Um, by a shark. By a shark, the true mm-hmm. story. That was a powerful, powerful movie. And I think that, you know, again, the idea of commitment and what am I committed to, she was so committed to surfing and to the way it made her feel and to the connection of um, the water and her sense of freedom that she got out of that it was it was like she couldn't not surf right she was so committed to it it was just so much a part of who she was nothing was going to keep her from surfing what is she can you believe we have never done a show in three and a half years on coincidence on coincidence on coincidence (laughs) that's crazy no i can't believe that I mean, I just had to go look that up because as we were talking, it's like wow. coincidence, of course. I think we've done one on synchronicity, which is probably... Same variation on the yeah. same thing, but that's... But we've never done a show, so that'll go on the list for a future show. And there's a 12-step saying that uh, coincidences are God's way of staying anonymous. Yeah. Which is really kind of a a powerful thing. And it's kind of funny, I always I always love that saying and I always embrace that saying and I thought, well, I don't want God to be anonymous. I want people to understand this is not just random. This is not just a one-time, one-off thing. You know, this is by design. This is it. People wake up. This is it. It's not just some freakish accident. This is This is how it is designed to be. Well, I was going to say something else, but what strikes me is that you are completely committed mm. to be careful be very careful <laughs> it's going to be recorded whatever you say <laughs> you okay let me you're a practitioner that. tracy you seem to be mm. completely committed uh-huh to making sure other people know about spirit yeah i am completely committed to that are yeah. you suggesting I don't commit myself to my own knowledge about that? No. Make that sound like a bad thing that I'm completely committed to. No, it just struck me as we're talking about commitment, and when you said, I don't want people to, I don't want it to be a coincidence or, a, right. you know, a surprise, or an, I don't want God to be anonymous. Uh-huh. I want him to know. Notice. And it's like, yeah, you actually have a really strong commitment to that. It's really important to you uh-huh. in your behavior. Uh-huh, yes. Sometimes to the detriment of, <laughs> you want people to know more than they want to know. Yes, true that, sometimes. Right. But you're that. totally committed that you will have that influence on people that they will know, <laughs> whether they want to or not. <laughs> whether they believe it or not. That was spirit. That was spirit right there. Don't you see? Look, look. Yeah. Let me take your head and turn it to the left. So yeah, actually, when I when it came to me, yeah. I, there was no judgment yeah. about that. It was yeah. just, oh yeah, you yeah. consistently yeah, demonstrate yeah. how important that is to you mm-hmm. that people know. And I think I've seen the difference that that makes for people. You know, that makes all the difference in the world. It creates everything changes. Everything changes. Everything changes. For them, when when they see the the alignment, 
the the when the synchronicity, when the coincidences are starting to notice, you know, when you start to identify. Um, you know, I had a, a a woman last week that uh, that I see that went on a to visit her brother, and she's one of the ones that's kind of starting to look at spirit and starting to try to figure out. God and she sat on her brother's porch and she noticed all these butterflies and she realized for the first time that like all these butterflies are everywhere and the brother was like those butterflies are always there they've always been there and she's like as she sat there and she watched these butterflies she described this shift this something happened and she said Leslie I don't know what it was I can't describe it she said but I know I'm not the same and it came through sitting and looking at those butterflies and and to me, that is kind of why we're here in this whole playground of human experience to 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 be awakened to that, to remember that, to to be reunited with that oneness. She's trying not to laugh. I just thought I'd you know fill up the dead space with letting them know that you're trying not to laugh. I'm just thinking about what you said. Mm-hmm. And it's actually something pretty deep to think about. Imagine that. <laughs> Even a blind squirrel will find a nut every now and again. So um, let's talk about, in this context of commitment, Is commitment the same as obligation, and is commitment the same as expectation? And one of the reasons that I ask that is because um, actually I've had some interesting conversations with people about commitment when they perceive that commitment means, like, Tracy, if, if Tracy commits to something, she's doing it something that Leslie wants her to do not something that Tracy necessarily wants to do. But, you know, it's like a commitment is a promise to do something that somebody else wants you to do, which is really Ew. an obligation. Ew. Right? Ew. That's not a commitment. That's but several codependency. People, well, several people have basically said that to me when I've just asked them about, you know, mm. what does commitment mean to you, and they have a negative feeling about commitment. Mm. And then a lot of people who, a uh, few people who I've talked to who don't have a button, or, you know, a red button, or, or are comfortable with that concept of commitment, um, feel like it's just simply expressing what I believe or, you know, demonstrating what I believe. And they don't mind commitment at all. But when I went to the dictionary to look at the definition, what happened was, the first definition was the state or quality of being dedicated to a cause or activity. And I was like, okay, yeah, that, that, I'm dedicated to something. I'm committed to it. The second definition, though, was a commitment is an engagement or obligation that restricts freedom of action. And I was like, really? Mm. So for me... It's more like commitment is, yeah, it's an opportunity to mm-hmm. show to walk my talk, mm-hmm. and it's something I choose. But a lot of people seem to have that second definition as their primary one. When I make a commitment, it, it feels constricting, mm-hmm. and it limits me pretty much because the reason I'm doing it is external. Hence not wanting to get married so that I, you know, don't have to be obligated to just one woman. Well, or to what that one person wants mm-hmm. me to do or mm-hmm. wants the way that one person wants me to behave. It wouldn't matter if it was that person, that woman or a different woman or that man or a different man. It would just be the idea that that person is going to constrict me and not let me be who I am. Right. Even though I love that person tremendously. So I and then when I looked at additional definitions down the line from different dictionaries, um, you know, then of course commitment, a consignment to a penal or mental institution is on there <laughs> that you know you I get committed, which is also about limiting right. your activity. Um, 
and the dictionary.com had a pledge, a commitment is a pledge or a promise, but right after that it had an obligation. Mm. And for me, obligation has a much more negative or restricting tone mm -hmm. for me mm -hmm. than commitment does. And I'm sure for other people, it's like, oh, I'm obligated to do that because I love this person, or I'm obligated to do that because, you know, I am a, I've chosen to be a father. Mm -hmm. And they are saying they're obligated with pride. Mm -hmm. And they, you know, but for me, obligation has a more of a restrictive thing. Um, and then there are a couple that are more on the positive side. <laughs> Commitment, a willingness to give your time and energy to something that you care about. And there was one that I can't find right now that I actually really loved. Maybe it was that one, a willingness to give your time and energy to something you care about. But most of them go back to or show, you know, commitment, an obligation promise, etc., that restricts one's freedom of movement or action. And that's a huge mental shift, I think, or a huge mental, like, one way is one direct, one, you know, that one yeah, definition. They, is they like almost seem opposite. Yeah, counterintuitive to each other. And I can recall this past week I had a curious thing occur with my mother. Can you imagine that? A curious thing occur with my mother. Um just as a brief history as an aside, you know, there was there was trauma, there was sexual abuse in my childhood and, and so all of the baggage that comes along with parents not knowing that kind of thing and and just kind of, you know, you're just not quite enough fairly directly said to me by my mother over the course of the last fifty one years, not that I'm you know, continue to be bitter. But um, you know, current day, she's eighty nine years old. She's fairly, you know, fairly benign. You know, there's not a lot, not a lot, a lot of friction there. But I'll notice my my emotion will come in waves. And this last week, she she had called, and if I don't call back, it's very, so. And I found myself, I'm not calling her. And then I was like watching myself going, screw you, old lady, I'm not calling you. <laughs> I'm like, where is that coming from? That's and I, I went, like, what a spiritual person would do, I know, right? I know. So, so I finally said it out loud to my best friend. I said, you know, I am not calling Betty. I don't know what that is, but I am not calling her. And when I said that, I was like, who is that? What, right. is, what is that? And so like within 10 minutes, I called her and like had dinner with her last night. And but it occurs to me in context of commitment or obligation, Betty is not actively abusing me now. If she was, then I would need to limit that relationship. Exactly. But there's nothing actively difficult about Betty now. It's my, and so then it becomes a, a matter of my commitment to being love in the world. You know, and here's an 89-year-old woman who's, you know, pretty somewhat isolated, not completely isolated, but, you know, now more than ever wants the love of her of her daughters around her and, you know, just having some even physical touch around her, just have somebody to hug her and, you know, let her know that she's cared about. So what a small thing to be able to give and, and what a huge reflection of my commitment to, you know, being in the flow and, and of God because there's nothing actively, you know, if I wanted to, there was if there was a time of life to kind of hold her accountable, quote unquote, for her behavior, that would have been 25 years ago. Um, if I was going to make some sort of emotional stance of, you know, I, 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 when you say this, I feel this, you know, that those conversations are long gone. So now it's a pure reflection of, and I noticed when I was not calling her, it felt like an obligation. It felt like she wanted me to call her, so I wasn't going to do it. You want this from me? I can, you know, I can withhold this. This is something I can withhold. This is something I can hurt you with. And then, so then it's like this obligation thing, and I'm going to hurt you by not doing it. But then when it, when I talked about it out loud and it shifted, I mean, last night was fine. It was, you know, it was like it, it was. It's a pleasant, you know, whatever it was. So it's just fascinating, though, that obligation versus a commitment is all about how I frame it in my mind, how much power I'm giving this other person to make, you know, who can make me do anything anyway? You know, at the end of the day, if I'm doing it, 
I have to acknowledge I'm doing I'm it. Doing I'm it. the dance. Yeah. You know, I'm part of the dance. Yeah, I love that. That's a great example too of. You know, it's all about what is the story we tell ourselves, mm. and it's all about our own perception mm-hmm. about the other person mm-hmm. as well as ourselves. And so the commitment, the commitment is between me and spirit. The commitment mm. is who do I want to be in the world? How do I want to show up in the world? Um, what does that mean that I need to do? So if that's who I want to be, then, okay, what's my next step? Right. What's my next action? What's my next choice? And if that means I need to forgive someone, okay, I forgive them because they probably are oblivious to the fact that I'm upset anyway. Or they know I'm upset or afraid or whatever feeling I'm having about them, um, they can't change how I feel, really. Mm-hmm. So if I need them to do something specific to help me change how I feel, I have to ask for that because there's no way for them to know. Mm-hmm. And if so what am I committed to? Am I committed to that person or am I committed to the relationship? Now, you know, I I got got totally distracted just now because I was remembering. Yeah, I mean, I was very focused Uh because I was talking, Uh and then this little, you know, bright, shiny ball. Yeah, exactly. I was in a conversation with someone, and the word obligation came up. And I thought it was going to be in a in um, kind of a negative way, like there was resentment. Mm. That's the the obligation was resulting in a resentment, like I need, I must do this, I'm obligated to do this. But what he said was he felt obligated to God mm. to share the talent that he had been gifted with and to use that talent in a positive way in the world. But he used the word obligated, which denotes sort of a, well, I don't have a choice. Well, so it's interesting because as we talk about commitment. Of course you have a choice, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's as, as, I, as we're talking about commitment, I would probably I would probably describe what he is choosing mm-hmm. is a result of his commitment to say yes to spirit. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm committed to saying yes to spirit and to representing spirit how spirit is, can express through me. And in this example, it happens to be through music, mm-hmm. right? So how cool is that? But it just struck me that he actually used the word obligated. I'm obligated to God to express this. And he did not say that with any sense of resentment. Well, I was going to say, but that's implied. Well, it depends. We'd have to ask what his definition in his mind of obligation was. I would think. Well, yeah. So I'm, what I'm seeing yeah. is that in his mind, he didn't have that sense of resentment okay. at all. I mean, I, I'm very clear about that. It's the, he so was using it the way that we've been using commitment. commitment. And so that's another, and, you know, we talk about this every few months, how we define the word. You and I define them exactly opposite. So, so often, right, <laughs> right, at least that every two to three months yeah. that will be 15 minutes mm-hmm. into our conversation on Say Yes to Spirit and realize uh-huh. we are so defining the same word uh-huh. differently. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It's a huge couples counseling opportunity. Right. <laughs> <laughs> what exactly do you mean when you say? Right. And then most of the time we don't know that's what we mean. Mm-hmm. We're just on automatic. Mm-hmm. So um, let's see. Anything else we want to specifically make sure we talk about? We've got about eight minutes left in the show today as it relates to commitment and saying yes to spirit. Like, how do we measure our commitment? <laughs> what can we do? How much we spend our time in whatever area we're, you know, 
if I'm if I'm interested in what I'm committed to, look at where I'm spending my time. That's what I'm committed to. Ugh. <laughs> I'm very committed to sleeping. No, I was, but uh, uh, yeah, how committed are you to complaining? How committed are you to mm-hmm. being in fear? How committed to you are how committed are you to gossiping? How committed are you to Right, it's like when you said how you spend your time. It's what you're committed to. And it's fascinating. We talked about that just in the you know, last Wednesday. We have a group we call the Dive Deep Group, which is all 64 women, and then we're given, we throw out a tool or something they can practice for a week, and they're to journal each or to document each day on a sheet of paper, you know, how it felt practicing that tool. And so you can say, oh, that tool worked well for me, or this one didn't. So in the course of, you know, staying in jail for three months, you'll have 12 tools that you tried three words, so you'll know that. So uh, each Wednesday, we have them hold up their sheet of paper to demonstrate who dove deep that week, and we use it as an observation thing. We're so focused on, you know, I did this right, I did this wrong, you know, I'm good or bad based on my behavior, so the whole idea also behind it is it's just a mirror. It's just I observe I chose to dive deep this week or I chose not to, and it's just information for me to see how I'm working my program. So there's 63 women on the pod, and last Wednesday, too, had done their dive deep. And so so that was an opportunity to talk about, you know, at the end of the day, you are in jail. You have nothing else going on. <laughs> there is no children you have to take to school, no work you have to go to, nothing that's pulling your... So here's your 24-hour block of time. So, you know, here's your 18-hour block of awake time. So really, how much are you doing hair? Are you playing cards or sadly watching Jerry Springer or, you know, doing all these other things? So then you narrow that down. You look at how much time are you spending doing your homework or doing your step work or talking to somebody that seems discouraged or reaching out and saying, I'm having a hard time. And so when you really look at that, and so that was the dive deep experience this week, was look at in the course of your 18 hours that nothing really is pulling on you. You have no other commitments. How much are you choosing to, to use that time to work your program? Mm-hmm. And um, and so that was kind of an awe-inspiring thought to look at. And then when you see it on paper, wow, you know, you're, you're kind of forced to. And, you know, am I, you know, gossip is huge. Put 63 women together, oh, my goodness, it's frightening. But, you know, so that's a huge block of time most of them are spending. And then so it's a really, um, it's a good exercise. It's a, And I notice, you know, kind of like the, working out example or doing you know doing something when i when i have that window of time and i can go in a positive direction or i can take a nap you know when i make that positive choice boy at the end of that hour and a half i'm like so enlivened at the end of the nap i'm like a slug you know i just just take it further (laughs) down so to you know keep the prize keep the prize in mind why am I here? And what am I doing with the time I have? The little itty-bitty window of time I have. Yeah, and that that's a great example because most of us, most of the time, do have a lot of things pulling for our attention, mm-hmm. That and many of which need to be done if you're a parent. Has to be done, right? You know, you're a parent. You, you are responsible for getting that your child or your children up and fed and dressed and to school and from school and into activities and I mean it takes up a lot of time in a day. No matter how organized you are, it's it's time. Mm-hmm. If you're in a relationship, a committed relationship with someone, you have things you need to do, a schedule you need to keep. And there is still nothing that can keep you from demonstrating your commitment to say yes to spirit. Well, you can demonstrate you it in every, in every area. Right. You can, right. Mm-hmm. That whole idea of what, do whatever you do mindfully mm-hmm. and pray unceasingly, mm-hmm. pray through your actions and right. behaviors, not just your words. And my driving junior to soccer practice going, you know, mommy's had a bad day and mommy's really in a bad mood. <laughs> you know, giving the message to junior that this is just so inconvenient. Or, you know, saying, hey, you know, how was your day, Junior? So it's such a, it is a conscious choice. It's a very conscious choice. 
and even how we interact. You know, I notice when I uh, feel, you know, overwhelmed or something, I'm less patient with my, you know, friends, my conversations. I don't find, you know, as much empathy or interest in my friends' lives when I'm so when I'm overwhelmed, so I react differently to them, that's another indicator. You know, if I look at my life, it's just so full of indicators about how I'm doing. I had a fabulous, I mean, all out, should have been on video, really would have been a fun thing to watch later, road rage experience a couple of weeks ago. It was fantastic. I mean, the SUV, like, went up on the grass to try to cut me off. Oh, no, he did not. And, you know, I mean, I seriously, afterwards I'm driving and I'm like, who was that? Where did that come from? Oh, that would have oh, been great to have on video. And he was like this really preppy kind of guy. You know what I mean? We we were eye to eye, like, for a minute, you know? Like, who's going to go chicken? And I am proud to say you that me and my little Hyundai did not go chicken in his little SUV. Lexus, not that that's matter. I shouldn't sound that bitter and resentful. But anyway, it was really a moment. And, I'm, you know, and it was a reflection. <laughs> and it was surprising because I didn't, I didn't feel particularly irritable until he, you know, tried to cut me off. And then suddenly... You were in that I energy. was in the game. I was going to win the game. So... <laughs> you don't even know what to say. Well, I do, but then I have to look at the clock because we only have like two minutes. So, you know, a good place to end the show today would be for us and for our listeners to think about what are you committed to? Right. Who are you committed to? And who are you committed to being mm-hmm. in the world? And maybe that's our homework for for, you know, this week, for us to really... For each one of us to to in consciously make a list of wait, what am I committed to in my life really? Like, well, just the awareness will not, tell us right, that. Not so much. Make a list of what you know, you're actually doing. What do my behaviors say, and what do what does my mind say? Mm-hmm. Because if those two lists don't line up, if they're mm-hmm. not in alignment, then I can make, as you said earlier, a conscious choice. Mm-hmm. Because if I really want to be committed in my case to health and fitness, you know, to have the healthiest body I can at the age that I am, and I look at what I'm doing, you know, like I absolutely made a change in my actions and behaviors as soon as I became aware of that. And now I'll daily keep that up for a while until it becomes my habit again. Mm-hmm. So... But that's just one part of my life. That's just one belief. But you had to become aware that it wasn't happening before you could change it. Right. And I could also celebrate how where I am in alignment. So I have a complete commitment to being uh, a representative, to being a, a religious science licensed practitioner and to be prayer in action and to be there and I can, you know, I have all kinds of examples of how my behavior is absolutely in alignment mm-hmm. with being a practitioner who serves humanity by connecting them with their spirituality. I mean, that, that, you know, I could do pages of examples. So I'm like, okay, I can celebrate that. Behaviorally, you could make pages. Yes. Right. right. I got you. Right. Because I, and so I can celebrate that. So it's not just making the list to find out where you're not in. Also making the list to find out what to celebrate and reward yourself Mm -hmm. for. And then, you know, how do I want to show up in the world? Right. Acknowledging the things we're doing good brings more of that into as well. Yeah. So that's what I'm going to do this week. You're going to keep a coincidence diary too, Charlie? No, No, I'm not not going to do that. All right. I'm going to assign that to people in (laughs) class. But what are you can answer, what are you, or at least notice, even if you don't write it down, what are you committed to? What are your what does your behavior imply right. you're committed That's to? That's the key. What do you actually want to be or believe you're committed to? And then if you need the third list of what you're gonna change so that you are more and more in alignment with your beliefs mm-hmm. and your act your behavior so commitment. So that's about all we have for commitment this week. Um, please join us, and if you have 
um, at any time during the week and you just want some inspiration, please look at the archives. We have 170 shows <laughs> that you can choose from. And in the meantime, until we meet again, say, say yes to spirit. spirit. Imagine Dragons. Okay. With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get access to over 50 million songs. Download the Amazon Music app today.